Now, remember, if you want to react to anything that happens here on the podcast or just leave us a kind little message, head on over to sayhi.chat slash OTR, and you can record us a voicemail that we will definitely listen to. And we have a message today from a podcast guest from episode four, Jeff Kellison. He was the one that had the sock monkey. Hello, everyone. It's Jeff. I drive for a trucking company in Omaha, Nebraska, and the craziest thing that ever happened to me occurred in Weed, California about 10 or 12 years ago. I had a load of pasta, which I had picked up in LA, um, not very far from Knott's Berry Farm, and uh, it was going to Pasco, Washington. And my thought was I would go all the way up I-5 until I got to Weed, California, and then I would take 97 through Central Oregon and cross the Columbia River at Biggs Junction, and that's the way I would go on to Pasco. Well, what eventually happened was I got to the bottom of the hills in Redding, and it started to snow. And by the time I had gone 10 or 20 miles, visibility was very, very, very bad, and the snow was deep, and the roads were horrible. And by the time I made it to the pilot in weed i was done there just was no way that i was gonna go on anymore so i pulled in there and parked and the place was full and uh the next day um gary called me and said you know they really need that pasta and i said there is no way i'm getting back out on that road it's horrible they're not plowing um i can't see that there would be any improvement i don't see any uh plows out on the road I'm here until I know the roads are better. So the next day he called me and he was like, you know, they really need that pasta. And I'm like, I'm not seeing anybody plowing. I'm here till, you know, I see improvement. Well, the next day he called me and I was like, you know what? If this is that important to everybody and all that, I'll try it. Uh, you know, if I can't go, I'll turn around and come back to here or I'll figure something out. I no more than put that truck in gear and went three or four miles and went under the concrete arch at Weed. There was virtually no snow. By the time I got out to the backside of Lake Shastina, that road was bare and dry, and there was not even any snow on the sides of the road. And I, of course, felt terrible that I had, you know, that was before the, the days of the road cams and, uh, you know, I didn't know. And so I had one thing in mind, and that was to keep my head down and get as many miles as I could. But I learned a lesson that day that just because it's bad where you are doesn't mean that it is over the next hill. Because I virtually, I went from downtown Weed to Pasco, Washington, and did not see any snow. And that is the craziest thing that ever happened to me, that the road could change and be fine that quickly. Uh, we've all uh, been stuck in Evanston, Wyoming, or Cheyenne, Wyoming, and we've all seen the blizzards and chaos that they have out there. But I have to say that experience in Weed, California was the craziest thing that ever happened to me. I will, uh, I will see you again. Bye. OTR on the 10-4 Network.
What's up, everybody? Welcome into Unplugged OTR. As always, I am your host, Marcus, and joining me today, marching to the beat of her own Jake break, it's Maria. Hi, Maria. Hiya. And also joining us, as always, he once had a dream going triple digits hauling toothpicks. Hey, Caleb. I can't imagine going triple digits, Marcus. That is terrifying, but hello. But you can imagine hauling toothpicks? Of course. That's, <laughs> okay. that's wood. I can't. Not after that uh, Not after that movie, Final Destination. I won't follow a log truck. I won't drive one. Just keep me away from them at all costs. Speaking of keep me completely away from it, uh, driving in New York City, especially a truck, which is something our next driver knows a few things about. Next up on the show today, we have a driver for CNY Food Bank. He's been there for just over two years. Rob Hans joins us. Thanks for being here, Rob. How are you doing today? Good. Good. How are you? Doing great. Thank you. Uh, a question we've been having a lot of fun with recently. You're just hopping in your cab or your truck, uh, getting ready to start the day out. What are the first three songs on your playlist? First three songs. Hmm. Recently, I mean, Spotify rap just came out. I have a, uh, for the top song on that was a song by Muna. I don't know if you've ever heard of that band. Yeah. Yeah. I, I listened to them quite a bit. Um, I think I had two of their songs. I know on the top five I had, uh, the, for the whole year was uh, a song from Encanto. I have my son to thank for that. <laughs> yeah. I hear that. There you go. Yeah. We don't talk about Bruno. Was it yeah, that one? Yeah, that was the one. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Also on my Spotify wrapped. Yeah. That kind of sounds like that's this year's one. And whenever it was like a couple years ago or maybe last year when, uh, was it Do You Want to Build a Snowman or Let It Go? Oh, one of those that was ones. frozen. Mm-hmm. Probably yeah. five, six years ago. That was terrible. Yep. Well, Spotify wrapped is a great thing. And that's one of the reasons we kind of are asking that question because it gives everybody a, a little bit of a peek behind the curtain of, What's going on in the cab of the truck that you're driving? It sounds like yours is pretty calm, cool, collected. No, uh, no Judas Priest or Iron Maiden or anything like that that really gets the uh, gets the energy up, huh? Oh, I I enjoy Iron Maiden. I, I have pretty broad music taste. I mean that the that was just what was on top. But I'll 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 listen to '90s hip hop. I'll listen to '80s hair metal thrown on classical music before in the last year i Ooh. i spotify is like an essential for me <laughs> i listen to anything and everything and uh you know podcasts on top of that oh well we love that you listen to podcasts and hopefully you know maybe we're at the top of your list next year who knows mm-hmm. that's our goal is to be at the top of people's spotify rap next year yeah. uh but you you mentioned your kids rob um just tell tell us about them do you have one or two I got two kids. Uh, one's in first grade. One's uh, just uh, just turned one, actually. Yeah, it's uh, oh, okay. Something. Happy birthday! Thanks, thanks. That's part of what I, <laughs> I enjoy working at the the food bank. You know, being like a local driver, drive uh, less than a couple hours here or there in any direction. So you get to be home every okay. day with your family. Yeah, home every night. I'm not too far away if something comes up. Now, there's another really important part of your family that I have to ask about because I, too, have been blessed by their presence. Tell me all about your corgi, please. <laughs> My corgi, yeah. Uh, his name's Jarvis. He's uh, He is going to be seven next year, and he has a loud bark, and he'll let you know that he's there, but he will roll over as soon as he meets anybody new. He absolutely loves people. Yeah, he's he's an essential part of our family. 
They're awesome dogs. I often tell the people that ask me, what's it like owning a Corgi? I say, if you could go to the store and purchase a couple of cartoons to live with, that's (laughs) as best as I can describe it. (laughs) Uh, Mine spend most of their time laying on their back as well. I have one that barks incredibly loud, like a German shepherd loud. And then I have another one that sounds like a laser beam when he barks because (laughs) he just doesn't really know how. Um, Detective Elliot Stabler and Lieutenant Dan. I love the name Jarvis, by the way. I'm huge on funny dog names, and I think Jarvis is perfect. Yeah, I have my wife to thank for that one. I was, uh, you know, I like the Marvel movies, and Iron Man is my favorite. Oh, yeah. And uh, my wife actually suggested it, and it was perfect. As soon as she said it, I was like, yep, that's that's his name. That is a great name for it, Corgi. And so did he ever drive with you when you were OTR? Did he ever ride along with you, or did you just get him when you went local? Oh, no, no. I've had Jarvis even before I became a driver. I've uh, I've been, I only got my CDL-A about, five years ago so we had him even before i was oh, okay. a, a driver did you ever take him on the road uh no never got it never got around to that i think the company the first company i worked for was like a over the road you know northeast regional uh company they told us we could have pets but uh never got around to bringing him with me he stayed home with my wife so what do you enjoy most about them being local right now um the family's a big part of it family's a big part of it uh just having the proximity because you know where we live the city that we live in my wife and I aren't originally from the area so we don't have family in the area um so like if my wife like if I was gone my wife needs help with the kids or she's sick herself and just needs an extra pair of hands at home if you know if I'm too far away you know we have friends in the area but they got kids themselves it's hard you know there's not that many hands to, to help out so being nearby was important. Where are you from originally? Uh, we're from the, the New York area, the uh, New York New York area, uh, like around central New York. But we're like about a couple hours away from our hometown. Okay. So so we get a chance to visit family, but they're you know they're not stopping over for dinner unannounced or anything. That's all. That's a necessary thing. You want to be close enough to get there, but not close enough that unannounced visits yeah. are a constant. <laughs> I totally understand yeah. that. Um. We get a lot of drivers that tell us they're not super fond of driving in the state of New York. Um, do you mind it? It seems like you kind of like your job. You're there local. You don't have to go too far. What do you think about the general state of driving in New York? Um, I mean, I, I don't mind it. I, I guess it's what I'm used to. I grew up in New York, so I don't, I don't, you know, the driving that I've done in other areas has been fine, but I've mostly driven up and down the East Coast. I don't have any experience driving the Midwest, the West, I don't have any other driving experience. So for me, it's fine. Um, I think maybe there's a big difference if you're in like New York city area, definitely once you get down like the Hudson Valley towards the city, it's definitely more of a challenge for sure. Um, but the rest of the state, I've never had a problem. The other big cities, Buffalo, Rochester, Syracuse, Albany, all that's just, uh, been fine for me and we're talking about winter driving on the podcast today and uh being that you live where you do we have to ask what's the the most snow that you've ever had to deal with in your driving career up there in new york oh man there was i've had to drive through it was years ago uh heavy snowstorm where like technically you're not supposed to be out but i just where i was i i had to drive and there was probably a foot, foot and a half snow on the highway. Wow. And the only way that you're able to drive in that is 
you're driving through the tracks of the car in front of you. Yeah. You know, if it was fresh snow, you, you wouldn't be able to make it through. You'd get stuck and start sliding and, and stuff. So the only way I was able to drive through it was, like I said, that the, you're driving through the tracks of the car in front of you and the same with people behind you. I'm lucky enough to work for a place where if it's that bad now, we, you know, we shut it down and they, they reschedule deliveries or whatever we have, whatever we have. So, um, thankfully I don't have to do that too much anymore. Yeah. That is nice that you don't have to do it too much anymore. Have you ever had to deal with like ice or black ice by chance? Yeah. Yeah. The, it's something black ice. You're really going to notice it if you are, you know, starting, turning, stopping, just generally down the highway, it's going to be the traffic and stuff. Um, wears that down um the real dangerous stuff is when it's the temperature changes when it's right around you know freezing point where maybe it was like you got some snow the night before and it warms up during the day and then the temperature drops at night and freezes and then it snows on top of that so snow on top of ice is the is the worst because you think you're just driving in snow um and and it's it's a whole layer of ice on there, and, and you're not prepared for it. That's the only actually. I think that's what happened. The only, I guess, minor accident I've had was was with that. Yeah. Can you can you tell us about that? Any so you, was it a close call, or did you say it was an accident? Well, I, I say accident. I I smashed my headlight. That was as bad as it was on uh, on a stop sign. I was on a highway, um, and I had to turn onto like a side road, and the highway was mostly clear. And like I said, it was kind of snowing that day. It snowed pretty heavy the night before. And, you know, I was slowing down. I, everything was going good. And as I was turning onto the side road, it wasn't as plowed as the main highway. And I just didn't slow down enough and started to slide a little bit. And oh, no. I bumped, you know, I, I knew the conditions were bad, so I wasn't going too fast. Like I said, I just slid a little bit, bumped the stop sign, smashed the headlight on my truck, um, but the stop sign didn't even move. It just had to, you know, report it to to my work. This was at an old job, not at the not at the food bank. But um, nothing serious. Nobody was hurt. I was okay. The truck just needed a new headlight. All good things. That's that's all great news. And I think the other good part about this is if you run into a stop sign, at least you can tell the responding officer, like, "Hey, I stopped. Like, I got to it. <laughs> yeah. I came to a complete stop. It's right here." Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm glad that nothing worse than just the headlight uh, uh, was busted up. So how long were you OTR then? Uh, about 10 months. I only did that about 10 months. And then, you know, I was, oh, I, yeah, I actually liked the, I really enjoyed the job, but it was, um, it was, you know, tough being away from family and stuff. So I started looking for uh, stuff more local. How long were you out at a time with that? It was Monday through Friday. Um, occasionally, I had, would have to drive out, uh, leave like on a Sunday night or Sunday afternoon. But it was mostly Monday through Friday, and I was gone, the, you know, the whole week. Okay, that's a long time to be away from your family. We also uh, hear you like D and D. So, could you tell us about your character and the story behind your character? Oh man, I've had a few characters. I'm I'm one of those players that always likes to make new characters. Like. If, I've been playing the same character for too long. I get I get bored and want to try something different. Um, I think the the character that I I played the most was a was a half elf sorcerer named Geralt, like Daryl, but instead of a D, starts with a G. 
Carol. Okay, <laughs> creative. I like it. Yeah. So, did you ever find time? Uh, and I know you weren't OTR for a super long time, but did you find time to game OTR, or did you have other hobbies uh, when you were out on the road for those weeks that would kind of make the time pass by when you weren't driving? Um, I didn't do uh, like D and D or anything like that on the road, but I did. Um, I just brought uh, Nintendo Switch with me. I had an iPad and. Played games on there. I guess it's probably pretty What do you standard. play on the Nintendo Switch? All kinds of stuff. All kinds of stuff. Right now I'm playing the new Mario Sparks of Hope. It's like the Mario and Rabbids one. How is it? It's it's really good. It's kind of a strategy. It's like a turn-based strategy. I don't know if you've ever heard or played uh, XCOM. Um, but it's kind of like, it's kind of like that, but with Mario characters. So uh, Very cool. I li- yeah, I like the Switch because it's, it's the... A lot of the family-friendly games, stuff that I play with uh, my son a lot. He's he's big into games. Have you just whooped him mercilessly at Mario Kart yet, just to teach him that lesson that we all had to learn growing up? Uh, yes, yes, I have. Yeah, <laughs> okay. It's, it's a tough lesson. <laughs> a rite of passage. Yeah, you know, you got to d- learn to deal with loss. You're not going to win uh, everything. <laughs> no, I didn't. You know, I didn't rub it in it or anything like that. But yeah, no, you gotta you gotta let him know you can still be at Mario Kart. Uh, the rubbing it in comes later when he's in like junior high there and he does go. his first Fortnite dance in front of you when you like fall down <laughs> or something. And then the next time you take him to school at Mario Kart, you really let it go, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's he's only uh, six right now. Yeah, we'll save that for later. <laughs> So uh, I was going to get to this question a little bit earlier, and I I do want to ask it before we let you go, Rob. What about the CNY Food Bank has kept you driving there? Um, I actually, the reason I asked this question, my late grandfather worked uh, with Food Share over here in Oregon on a volunteer basis, and he was very passionate about it. He almost kind of looked at it as a calling. Uh, What keeps you at CNY Food Bank? What do you like about it? Uh, It's the people and understanding. I I think... They've been amazing in, I mean, it's the, the reason why I, I still want to work there is being home with my family and being able to handle family stuff. They've been, anytime something's come up, like I got a sick kid or some emergency come up, they, they've always never batted an eye. I'm available if I need it. They're, they, they've just been awesome about stuff like that. And that's, that's really important to me. And it's, it's, it, I know it's, it's a tough thing with truck drivers you know, especially the guys that do over the road, I have all the respect in the world for those guys. Cause it's, it's, it's tough being out on the road days, weeks, uh, at a time because it's, it's why I work at the food bank so that I, I don't have to do that, but that's why it's the family time is, is the most important thing for sure. For sure. And you're making, you're making a great impact on people's lives too at the food bank. Yeah, absolutely. And that's, that's kind of, I, I kind of look at that as like the silver lining, you know, it's, um, I enjoy driving the truck. Uh, I enjoy being a truck driver, being out on the road by myself. And I'm, you know, blessed to be at a place that like, I'm actually doing work that I'm proud of. I'm helping people, helping people in the community. It's, it's an important thing for sure. It is. It's a very important thing. And, and we need more people like you that, uh, that feel that deep inside and can actually go and, and do these jobs. They're not easy jobs. Nobody wakes up in the morning and thinks, I want to go drive a big, large truck in the city of New York. So thank you so much for doing that and being one of those people that puts up with it every day. Uh, on behalf of all the four-wheelers that probably frustrate you to no end, we are sorry uh, <laughs> just for everything that we do out there on the road. And uh, we really appreciate your time joining us today here on Unplugged OTR. Rob, uh, we'll have to get back in touch and have you back on the show again. Pet Jarvis for me. That's the most important thing I want you to take away from this interview. (laughs) Will do, will do. Thanks for having me.
Now, as you may imagine, truck drivers have to be kind of creative with their meals on the road, and sometimes fast food restaurants and truck stop diners can get a little bit monotonous. So we started looking through options for them. Of course, we've talked about using slow cookers and and, uh, even making Thanksgiving meals in the cab of your truck, but one thing we haven't talked a lot about are MREs, uh, which I believe stands for Meals Ready to Eat, and in the spirit of doing a podcast about truck driving, we are going to sample some MREs today. Now, each one of us has one that we've purchased. Maria and I both went with the Mountain House Adventure Meals. Mine is uh, the Chili Mac with beef flavor, and it is in this bag nice and hot right now that I have. Maria, what's yours? Mine is chicken and dumplings with vegetables, and it smells amazing. I'm glad that it smells good, but it, they could have just left the vegetables off of the label because I, I saw <laughs> the chicken and dumplings ones. But when I saw the word vegetables, I was like, nah, I'm going to go with something a little more beans and pasta. So that's why I that went with mine. That sounds good, too, though. What does Caleb have? What do you have over there? Caleb has a science project over there. Like, I don't. <laughs> I've, got a, I've got a science project. So I didn't get the brand Marcus and Maria got. I got like the actual like government brand of MRE. It's it was a challenge. I had to watch a YouTube video actually how to cook it because you cook it in this like plastic bag with like a little heater and you have to pour like an ounce of water in it. You have to let it sit for 15 to 20 minutes. But like you don't need any boiling water or anything. It's just it's there. Like I can't imagine the quality is as good as the boiling water ones. Well, I tell you what, it smells really good actually. And I get goodies with mine. Do you guys get goodies with yours? So yours is like a Lunchable? Mine has, mine has like so many things with it. Like, I, I mean, I'm trying to open this damn freaking cheese package of cheese bread and it won't cheese open though, spread. so. Government cheese spread. I think that that's an important <laughs> Government cheese spread, yeah. It feels, I don't know, it feels kind of like. Mine didn't come with any goodies. It feels like Play-Doh, but uh, <laughs> uh, I got a lot of goodies. Mine did come with one goodie. It was the, uh, the, the whatever it is, the like freeze-dried pack that you have to take out beforehand. I oh. almost boiled that in there. Same. Um, I, not real big on reading instructions, me, but this bag is resealable, which means technically I could blow it full of air, seal it off, and use it as a pillow to sleep on. Uh, I got to know, Marcus, did you follow the exact measurement of boiling water for your bag? I did. One and a half cups. Oh, look at you. Oh, uh, yep. Oh, mine was different. Really? Mine was one and a third cup. Okay. All right. Well, you don't need yours to be quite a soup. Oh, look at that cheese. I've what? got the cheese spread. It kind of looks like the cheese from the middle of a Ritz, like, cheese cracker. So there you go. I need mm. to know when you try it if it's granulated. I don't know. I got to put it on my burrito. So you have a burrito? Is that what yours is? It's a burrito bowl. They gave me tortillas. Let's go through Caleb's, actually, everybody, because I'm the most important person on this podcast. But um, now we have it. <laughs> so first off, uh, we're doing some unboxing here. So I got tortilla shells. I don't know how they keep these tortilla shells fresh, but here they are. From the looks of what I just saw on the camera, they don't. Agreed. I've got trail mix. Trail mix. Woohoo! Wait a minute. You can't move on from trail mix without telling us what's in it. I don't know, it looks like nuts and pretzels, that's about it, but okay. still, Fair. something. I've got some toaster pastry, like a Pop-Tart looking thing. Does um, it have icing? Yeah, it's got little chocolate icing on it. I've got powdered orange juice, so Ew. not gonna try that, because that's <laughs> got a lot of fructose in it, and I am fructose intolerance, folks, for those of you who wanna know my GI issues. I've got coffee. I've got coffee if I wanted coffee and creamer. 
I've got some weird sort of like pepper sauce. I don't even know what to tell you with that one. I got a moist towelette in mine. And I got mints. So this is bullshit. I bought the one in like the fancy package thinking I was going to get the best quality and Caleb bought the government issued one and got like a bunch of fun snacks with it. Like I, I'm a yeah. little bit upset at my purchase right now. Yeah. Yes. Caleb wins. Um, one of you describe what you're eating right now. Tell me what it's like. Maria, go for it. Oh man, there's a lot going on here. It's it's like mushy, but I can see individual vegetables, right? So that's promising. Ooh, I can also veggies. see dumplings. I can also see chunks of what potentially is chicken. Um, Crap, I got cheese really everywhere. Good. Oh no, Caleb. But it looks really good. Honestly, other than the mushy part of it, I'm a texture gal. Uh, I think this is gonna be a decent meal. Smells like real food. So what do you have going on over mm. there, Marcus? Story time. Um, when I was a freshman in college at the University of Oregon, uh, we couldn't have hot plates or microwaves or anything like that in the dorms, as you might imagine, but we were allowed George Foreman grills. They were about the only thing that they would let us have. And I had this genius idea that I was going to make a chili cheese waffle. I was going to do macaroni and cheese, uh, just some shredded cheddar cheese, and then a can of Nally chili, and I was going to press it in the Foreman and make like a waffle out of it that I could just hold and eat. Spoiler alert, it did not work, and I may or may not have paid fines to the dormitory that I lived in. But the reason I tell you that story is my chili mac with beef reminds me a lot of what that concoction looked like. It looks like somebody mixed macaroni and cheese and chili and put it in a bag. And so I'm not that afraid of it because I'm a good I'm I like a cheap canned chili every now and then, almost like a uh, like a guilty pleasure, if you is will. Is the cheese creamy? Mm. I need to know. Caleb's cheese? Your cheese. My, you don't even really see cheese in mine. I'm gonna do my best to not spill this all over and give you a peek. So is it is it kind of runny? Yeah, it's it is the consistency of chili with macaroni in it. Okay. So right. I'm gonna. I'll tell you it. what. I'm gonna be cutting the cheese later because this has got beans. Tell in us it, about the so. cheese, Caleb. Your well, cheese. Honestly, the cheese is fine once you put it in the burrito bowl, but once you, it's pretty. I don't even know how to describe it. You know, like school nacho cheese when you were like in high school or middle school and you had like the school nachos it's kind of like that plasticky cheese it but it dissolves well in the rice and the beans um and the chicken i've got corn in mine too which my stomach doesn't handle corn very well so yeah this is gonna be interesting later but so i just took my first bite oh how is it honestly i might finish this thing it's pretty darn great. good Mm -hmm. This is pretty delicious. My friend's grandma used to make chicken and dumplings a lot when I would come over. And this reminds me a lot of that, which is crazy because all I did was boil a cup and a third of water. And here we are. I, I'm so happy to hear that because mine is so good as well. And I'm going to try the tortilla now. Again, I don't know how you keep these tortillas fresh, but it's good for 30 years. Just hit a bump in the road. Must not have stirred all the way just hit a crunchy sort of sand-like pouch of food that uh -oh. did not touch the boiling water. Mm. And let me tell you, not as good. Hot salt injection. Ugh. I've touched a few of those already, Maria, but it's okay. You just move past it and you're like, the next bite will probably be decent. You guys, I might eat these all week. I'm not kidding you. Like this one is, like I said, I'm a sucker for, I like a can of Nally chili. I know that as somebody will fight me and say like cattle barns better or smokehouse is better. Look, Nally's the goat. 
and this bag tastes like Nally with Kraft mac and cheese in it. Mm. It's it's really. I mean, I'm I'm pleasantly surprised because I figured it was going to taste kind of school lunchy, a lot like Caleb was trying to say, and like I I'm frankly blown away. This is way better than I expected. How much were yours, um, your guys' meals? Eleven ninety nine. Oh, yours was eleven ninety nine. Mine was like ten, fifteen, ten something crazy like that. I'm writing Walmart a letter. It's garbage. Um, the government's trying to rip us off because mine off of Amazon was like twenty two dollars. Well, yours came with extras, Caleb. You got orange juice and coffee and pop tarts. We got meal. You got dessert, right? Yeah, yeah. We have to make our own um, dessert. Woohoo! Tortillas. Speaking of which, do you guys normally eat dessert with every meal, like lunch and dinner? No. I, I just kind of consume my dessert haphazardly throughout the day. Like this morning when I wake, <laughs> when I woke up, I knew that we were going to be doing this, so I didn't want to eat a lot. But I made Christmas sugar cookies yesterday, so I had a Christmas sugar cookie this morning for breakfast. This is technically brunch, chili mac with beef. Who knows? Dinner, I might have a taco, or I could have a slice of cake. It really is random with me. There's no rhyme or reason. Adulting is the best. Yeah, it's fun. As a trucker, though, I mean, like, these meals would like if you're stranded and you don't, your APU is not working, and if you don't have, if you don't have any like access to ele- electricity whatsoever, these meals would get you by. For I mean, there's there's a vast array of different meals too, and different brands. So, I mean, mine's tasty. I really am. I'm I'm gonna finish mine all probably. Oh. I just found my freeze-dried chili lump. I thought I'd done a good job. Aww. I've been shaking this damn bag like I was I don't know that there's a way to avoid video. it completely. Yeah, no. I think it's oh. just kind of like a hazard of eating an MRE. I'll tell you what a hazard is, is dumping piping hot chili mac with beef all over <gasps> my lap and, and all of this expensive equipment around me because this bag is like it works and I can hold it, but it also has boiling water in it and it's really hot, so... Um, it is really hot, and it's hot to hold. I'm I set mine on my desk. So potential pitfalls: spilling this in your lap while doing eighty um, as a truck driver <laughs> might that might be a bad thing. So I would say pull over and eat this. But I'm man. still eating. I thought I would take a bite just for uh, kicks, just for the testing. But this is delicious. Yeah, cancel the podcast the rest of today. I got to finish this. Um, <laughs> and just so you drivers know, I'm eating the trail mix now. And it tastes like airplane uh, peanuts and pretzels. So maybe that's what the air, that's maybe what the airlines do. They just get this like kind of know. stuff and put it in the little bags. I would like to know what your expiration date on yours is, Caleb. Mine was like 35 years, I think, good. Okay, so it's about the same as the Mountain House because the Mountain House is about 30 years. Yep, I've got mm-hmm. July 2053. Mountain House, by Ooh. the way, a product of Albany, Oregon, just up the road from me. So mine might actually be the freshest freeze-dried meal. I mean, I think that that's it's as true. fresh as you can get it, right? Man, mm-hmm. good job. Mountain, well, whatever mountain house. adventure things. Mountain I house. love this segment. We should do more of these segments. If you want to hear us eat more in your ears, <laughs> just just let us know at sayhi.chat slash OTR because, ma'am, We'll bite the bullet. Did you just say stayhigh.chat slash OTR? Because that's that's a different website, Stay High. Uh, uh, <laughs> Sayhigh.chat sorry. slash my OTR. Mouth, my mouth is full, folks. I'm so sorry. That's, Caleb's that's eating burrito a burrito bowl, bowl right now. Yeah, he's <laughs> eating a burrito bowl like he stays high. That's... that's. <laughs> <laughs>
While we let Caleb come down from his burrito bowl high, we've got another guy that spends a lot of time at high elevations, uh, but not in the same way that we just referenced. We've got Brandon Marlborough on the show. Joining us today on Unplugged OTR, we have dry van hauler Brandon Marlborough. Thanks for being here, Brandon. How are you doing today? All right, yourself. Oh, I'm doing great. I appreciate you asking. Now, where are you running around at today? Right now, I'm in Virginia. And how's the weather in Virginia? Oh, it's pretty good. It's hotter than what I'm normal. <laughs> Normally, it's in Washington. It's a little colder that way. Yes, yes, sir. See, I'm up here in Oregon, so uh, very familiar with the Pacific Northwest area. And we are talking about uh, winter driving here on the podcast today. So um, I understand you're from Louisiana, and uh, I, I just want to ask, did you ever see snow in Louisiana? Every now and then, not very often at all. And so what's worse, a Pacific Northwest snowstorm or the mosquitoes down in Louisiana? <laughs> the snow's a little rough whenever you're in it, whenever you're not used to driving in the snow and you get in a truck and they start driving in the snow. It's a big difference. Would you say that um, Washington then is your least favorite place to drive or do you have a different uh, least favorite place to drive in the winter? Least favorite place in driving in the winter is New York. New York. Oh, I don't man. Blame you. Yeah. We just talked to a New York driver earlier, and he, he said that he didn't really care driving in New York that much, didn't bother him, but he grew up there. He grew up in the uh, in the Syracuse area, so I guess you being from Louisiana might be a little a different upbringing. Yes, it's, it's very... The first time I was shut down and everything, I was working for another company, and yeah, that was the first time I got shut down. It was in New York, and it was pretty bad. What happened? Um, it's just, uh, the roads were really slick, really iced up, a lot of snow. Uh, like I said, I had just started driving and I wasn't very good at driving in the winter conditions yet, but, uh, you, you just got to really take your time on take, making turns. If you don't, yeah, your trailer can start pushing you in your jackknife. So do you get better over time with dealing with it, or is it always something that you just are on the edge of your seat dealing with when you're driving in, in terrible inclement weather? I will say this completely on driving all together. If you get too comfortable, you're going to mess up. If, you, uh, if you're over too confident, you're going to mess up, and if you're least uh, confident, it's either or, will really mess you up. You got to stay in between. Got to hit that bit. sweet spot. Be on your toes, but then not on your toes. Yeah, right. Because if you if you worry too bad, then you're bound and determined to end up hurting yourself. Or if you're too confident, then you're gonna hurt yourself. You got to be right in the middle. If not, you can hurt yourself doing anything out here. It's good advice. Man, that's pretty good advice for life. (laughs) Yeah, right. I could use that in my everyday. It kind of sounds like a Murphy's Law principle where you kind of always have in the back of your mind that if something can go wrong, it will. So you just have to be prepared for it. Correct. So, Brandon, do you ride with anyone? Do you have any pets? I have my uh, girlfriend in the truck with me, and she stays in the truck with me. Okay. How long has she been riding with you? Um, for the last three years. Uh, like I said, wow. I haven't been at this company for three years, but I've been uh, OTR pretty much for four years. And the majority of that four years, I might have been out of a truck five months altogether out of four years. Oh, wow. That's really impressive. What's your favorite part about having your girlfriend on the road with you? Uh, it's a big help on keeping the truck clean, and uh, I try to cook in the truck to 
make sure I have meals because it's very expensive in these truck stops. Yeah. So it's a very good convenience. What What do you like to cook? Oh, we cook pretty much anything. We have a little hot plate. We uh, cook spaghetti, cook uh, vegetables, pretty much anything. You got a favorite meal, though, that you're just keeping from us that we need the secrets to? Oh, me? I, I love uh, seafood, but you can't get that on the road. You got to only be in Louisiana to get that. Right. Oh, okay. I, I will say, I, I never had, uh, now, if I'm saying this wrong, scold me, but I never had jambalaya until I went to New Orleans, and I tried some in a few different places down there, and honestly, I still haven't figured out how to make it right, uh, but it's a right. delicious dish. D am I saying it right, jambalaya? Jambalaya. Jambalaya, okay. I, see, because I've been corrected on it the other way, but I trust you. <laughs> right, it, it's jambalaya. I'm from Homa, Louisiana, like an hour and a half south of New Orleans. So I'm, I'm okay. further south as you could go. Like they got that guy that's uh, on Swamp People, Troy. I know him personally. Oh, okay. no that's way. Awesome. That's really cool. Well, you can't cook seafood in, in your cabin. But have you ever had an MRE by chance? Yes. Oh, man. Well, I got to tell you something. We just eight MREs on the show just just a few just a few minutes ago uh talk <laughs> right before this interview and we were pleasantly surprised but um wh what's your take on them don't eat too many of them <laughs> just, just put it that way are you going if you eat too many of them they it it a it, it, uh, I don't know if I'd say that on here it constipates you yeah you can oh, say that it'll okay. stop you up like a like a traffic jam there's no question about it <laughs> yeah, I'm expecting that later. I'm expecting that later today, Brandon. So. <laughs> so, Brandon, what brought you to trucking? I don't know. I just thought I uh, wanted to change. And I've, when I was a kid, I always wanted to travel. And since I've been trucking, I've been to pretty much every state there is, except for Maine and uh, Rhode Island. Okay. And you're not really missing Maine and Rhode Island, are you? I've never been there. I wouldn't mind seeing it, at least for once, but... I've never been there, but I've, every other state I've been to, like, multiple times. <laughs> I hear they have pretty good seafood up there, too. I, I don't know. I know up <laughs> there around in Jersey and New York area, they do have seafood, but they steam it. They don't ball it. See, down south where I'm from, we ball it. Up there, they steam it, and then they put seasoning That's on true. top. And, and when, you're, when you're boiling it, you actually boil it with the seasoning in the, in the pot as well, right? Correct. Correct. Okay. The best way. Well, I'm learning so, things because I look. My wife is is like horrifically allergic to shellfish, so I can't ever do one of those big like boils where you dump it all out on the table because I'll have to take her to the emergency room. Oh, but it's good. like a lifelong dream of mine. I've seen these huge crawfish boils that are just oh my god! It looks like I could literally eat myself into a coma. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> a lot of people they <laughs> eat a lot of crawfish. I love crawfish, but it's only seasonal. It's like three, four months, and then it stops. It, it, it's seasonal. Uh, whenever it's coming out of the, whenever they're catching them, it's only like for three, four months. Now, the ones that you'll see in the stores, they've already been frozen and everything, but it's only actually seasonal. Somebody's got to come up with the system to be able to boil boil some seafood in your truck because I don't know if there's like a little tiny way you could do it, but that would be very helpful to have for like like you from Louisiana, Brandon. That, that 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 would be dangerous. A lot of things these drivers do out here are also dangerous. It's just, <laughs> hey, uh, doing a little bit of cooking that I do in the truck is good enough for me. 
Are you trying to tell me it's dangerous to be rolling around with a 20 gallon pot of boiling water on your passenger seat? Come on, Brandon. We yeah, know you're a good driver. Sure. <laughs> it is. <laughs> you, your girlfriend's back there. She can she can help out, right? Hey, hey, yeah. hey, that's a little a little too dangerous for me now. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on, honey. We're about to take this corner 10 miles an hour too fast. <laughs> or having a big propane tank on the truck. I wouldn't want that either. No. Kaboom, yeah, right. No. <laughs> oh, man. So you said you've been to all, almost all the states. Uh, we asked you what your least favorite to drive in the winter is. Do you have a fa uh, favorite state just period to go through to go visit? That I like driving? Uh, Iowa and Nebraska is not bad. I like it. I like that answer. I like that answer a lot, Brandon. I'm from Nebraska myself, so I think we're underrated over here. It, it, it's easy driving. It ain't as much traffic. The more east or the more exact northwest you go, the more congested it gets. And I don't like being around mm -hmm. a lot of drivers because you got a lot of people that doesn't know how to drive. Oh, yeah. That's, yeah, that's, that's true. That, and, you there's know, a lot of people. I've wrestled with uh, Snoqualmie Pass up there in Washington quite a few times in the in the dead of winter, and it seems like for such a dangerous pass, there are so many damn people up there on it. It's never the roads are never clear. That's where I was last year with this company. Oh man! <laughs> oh geez. So have you ever been stuck or stranded because of like snow or winter conditions? I was stuck. I was stuck just this last year with this company. They had all the roads blocked up there. Wow. It's not that I couldn't run. I wanted to run. I tried to run, but the roads were blocked. How long were you stuck for? Uh, I think two days. Oh, wow. Man. It's ridiculous up there. What do you do to pass the time? Oh, I ended up doing a reset and went and got in a motel room. That's Good. the way to do Good it. Good idea. Well, I was just going to ask you if you feel like after you get done driving through really bad weather conditions like that, do you feel like you'd need a little bit more rest or a little bit more downtime to kind of relax and come off of that super keyed up uh, version of yourself that you probably are when you're driving through that weather? Most people I've seen out here maybe might need that, but not me. I, I, I'm out here to make a living is what I do, and I try to stay busy. And it seems like you've been in the Northeast, Northwest. You are a busy man. And uh, I just was wondering, do you have to chain up a lot then during the winter months? Or, or do you not do that? This last uh, time I was in Washington was the first time I've had to chain up since I've been driving. Any tips for doing that for drivers that have never done that before? Bring a coat. <laughs> yeah. Gloves. <laughs> Bring a coat. <laughs> Make, make, oh, it's, it's just make sure you're in a, a, a safe place of doing it and just don't be dumb in somewhere the way you can get hit. Yeah, that's that's very good advice. Um, a couple episodes ago, we talked to Marcus and how he was snow blind on the road, and he thought he was pulled off to the side of the road, but he was actually sideways in the middle of the road. And um, unfortunately, uh, he, uh, luckily, he wasn't hit. I think but, what uh, you just were about to say is, unfortunately, he wasn't hit. <laughs> uh, sorry. Uh, I, unfortunately, I'll forgive yeah. you for that, Caleb. <laughs> <laughs> I know North oh. Dakota gets pretty bad, too. This is last year. It had a lot of whiteouts there. I mean, that's exactly what it was. It uh, white out for me. I had snow up above my windows on both sides of the road, and, and it just started snowing so hard that I couldn't see. Has that ever happened to you in a, in a big rig? And that's what I was just now saying, North Dakota, this last year. And what did you do when that happened? What, like, how did you handle that situation? 
uh, go as slow as possible to put your hazards on and try to get to your next spot to get off because there's no sense in trying to drive in that. That's great advice. Yeah, I mean, it's because it's because, because it's very dangerous because all of a sudden you could be going 60 something miles an hour and all of a sudden you're completely wide out. You can't even see in the front. You can't even see the hood of your uh, truck. I've been well, in safety those is everything situation. Right. You got to look out for yourself there. And it's like it, everybody wants to get to the next stop. Everybody wants to keep going and making money. But uh, you can't keep going and making money if you're in a small box. So that's right. that's one thing to kind of to kind of remember. And it's it's a grim memory. And, I you know, you try to be tongue in cheek about it and maybe kind of bring a little bit of levity to the situation. But you could get really hurt out there and other people could really hurt you trying to uh, just get to the next spot and trying to push it when they shouldn't. Um you know, we, we've had somebody tell us on here before that you you just have to kind of listen to your gut. If you're not listening to your gut, a lot like what you said earlier, if you get too far in one direction, too comfortable or too uncomfortable, you're probably not listening to your gut. You should just shut it down. And that's what I think happens out here mostly is people get overconfident. When they get overconfident and then they want to go faster and then they want to yeah, that's, I think, where most of the problems coming out of the play because they get overconfident. They say, well, I got this. I can't mess up. I've done this a hundred times. I've done that a hundred times. And then eventually you're going to end up in a ditch somewhere and hopefully still alive after you hit something. Sure. Because I've seen, I've seen lots of trucks in sides, upside down, cabs crushed to nothing, uh, trucks okay. on fire. You just got to watch yourself really close out here especially in the winter. Does that make your stomach turn when you drive by something like that and see it knowing that it, it could have been you should you have uh, made made certain decisions? That's why I watch every step that I do out here. I have, like I, uh, I have not had any kind of incidents four years of me driving, and like I said, I've been coast to coast. I've had a plenty of close calls, dry and snow, but as long as you... Keep your eye on the road and predicting something happens before it happens will help you out a lot. 10-4. Absolutely. When you have some extra precious cargo on board with you having your girlfriend around. Right. She ever well, get after it, you it, and try to coach you through your driving? No. She 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 stays there herself. She don't even have her regular license. She's, she don't like driving at all. <laughs> <laughs> well, then she found the right guy. Yeah, right. <laughs> Yeah, well, you seem like a, a very safe driver, Brandon. Um, and H and M's a fairly safe company too. And how long have you been at H and M? Well, what had happened? I was with them last year. I think I started around December of last year or year before. And then I had left for about a month and a half, two months, and I've been back now. I think three, four months. So, what what do you like about H and M? Well, H and M keeps me pretty busy. Uh, anytime I need uh, something done, they they get it done pretty quickly. They keep me moving. A lot of other companies they don't they don't uh, keep you busy. I like to stay busy. I'm out here, like I said, I'm out here to make money. And uh, yeah, Terry does a wonderful job on doing that. Oh, so Terry's your dispatcher. Yep. Okay, you got a good one there. Well, we're we're talking about here um, later on the podcast about ice road trucking, and I I just wanted to ask you actually, have you ever had to deal with like black ice on the road, and how does that differ than you having to deal with snow? Yes, I've had to deal with ice in Texas, in between uh, Dallas and Houston. 
Oh man, that's pretty far south. But uh, what do you what do you do then with your truck? Like, how do you take extra precautions with ice, especially if you can't see it? That's a, now you see if the you see the road a little shiny, you try to go a little bit slower. I, me personally, I try to hit my gas a little bit, a little harder than normal, just to see if it goes up on my RPMs. Or while you're driving, just watch your RPMs. If they oh, yeah. jump up all of a sudden, you know there's ice somewhere. That's a really good indicator. I would not think to look for that, but that's really smart there, Brandon. <laughs> I don't really go off of that because of how things moving around back and forth on the on the trailer and the bags and this and that and other. Like I said, my main indicator is my RPMs. If they jump up at any time, I stay watching that while I'm in the snow or any kind of weather like like, like that. Even in the rain, I, I'll watch my RPMs. Yeah, it, well, and the, the wiggle the wheel thing always to me was like, so wait, you're going to try to simulate an accident to see if you're going to get into an accident? I think the answer is <laughs> yes, either way right. there. So maybe don't wiggle the wheel, you know? Yeah. <laughs> it sounds like we all just need to ride with Brandon everywhere. <laughs> right. That's right. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not, I'm not saying I'm a pro. I just, I just, this is what I do every day. And I want to make sure that I'm safe every day and that I don't hurt or kill anybody else. That's my main goal Good every goal. day. Brandon, it's too late, though. We're coming along, and we're going to ride in the back of your cab with you, and then we're going to bring a pot of water and boil some fish, okay? So uh, <laughs> just just be ready for that. I'll keep you safe. No boiling water. <laughs> yeah. Caleb will be in a hazmat suit back in your, in your uh, trailer somewhere yeah. boiling fish for us. And Now, we had Andy Kelly on the show a couple weeks ago, and he, he punched a dude in the face at a truck stop. Anything like that that's ever happened to you? Any confrontations with other drivers or four-wheelers or anything? Now I've gotten into it with people at the customers because they, 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 the yard dogs want to act stupid. But other than that, <laughs> I try to keep my calm because that wasn't here, though. This was another company. But, yeah, I've seen a few things, but not much. I normally stay to myself. <laughs> I don't go into the truck stop, watch movies or nothing. Okay. Well, it, uh, that's a good philosophy. And, and those yard dogs always acting up. I mean, you can't you can't trust them with anything, right? Oh no, <laughs> they want to bang your trailers <laughs> up, want to cut it in front of you, and then get mad. And uh, I know I see I have a tattoo on my face. A lot of people judge me on that too, and that happens a lot while I'm out here. But what is the tattoo on your face, Brandon? I have a scorpion on the right side of my face, and like I said, I get judged everywhere I go because of it. They look at me thinking I'm a criminal or a thief or. Whatever, but I got my whole hazmat and tanker. I'm not a criminal. <laughs> I just like tattoo art. Tattoo is tattoo art is beautiful. I think tattoos are incredible, but you wouldn't believe how many places you go. I myself am covered in tattoos, and I go places, and people give me looks. I mean, I'll get compliments on my tattoo sometimes, but I get a lot of looks, and people watch me in stores and things like that, and it's right. so crazy that we're not past that at this point. People from all different corners of life have tattoos, faces, necks, arms, legs, wherever you want to get them. It doesn't say anything about who you are other than that you like art. That's what I'm saying. What was your inspiration for your um, face tattoo? I just like body art, really. I've always been in it my whole life. Is that your only tattoo? No, I have multiple tattoos all over my body. <laughs> okay, very cool. What's your favorite tattoo? Uh, that would be my pit bull that I have on my back. And it says, the Lord never backs down. 
that's what it is. Gotcha. Lord never backs down. Okay. I like that a lot, Brandon. Yeah. Yeah, that's about it. <laughs> so given the choice uh, out on the road in inclement weather, um, would you rather deal with ice or snow if you had to choose one and why? Snow, not as slippery. Yes, it's it's really not. And the only time that it's really slippery is whenever it's starting to defrost or it's starting to freeze. In between, you're good. Most of the time, you're going through places, they're already plowing. The ice, you can't really see. That's after there's been water on it. That's You can't tell where it's at. And it's an ominous feeling. Like I, I was telling Maria and Caleb, I passed a snowplow uh, on, on top of a mountain pass here just the last week or so. Uh, driving in some pretty crazy weather, and I was like, the snowplow dude was just eating a sandwich on the side of the road, and I knew that I was screwed after that, and sure enough, it was like just terrible snow. Uh, there was ice and everything. It's it's nice when they've already plowed, but snow can get kind of hairy, too, if you if you beat the plows up there. Has that ever happened to you before? Well, really, you don't supposed to pass the plow. If, if they're on a road plowing, you don't supposed to pass them. Now, if they're on the shoulder, that's a different story. But actually, in a lot of states right now, it's pretty much against the law for a semi to pass a plow truck while he's plowing. Okay, yeah, my guy, I think, was on break. I think he just took a terribly right. timed break because the, uh, right. the snowstorm just hit when he was at lunch. I didn't know that, though, about it's, a, it's illegal in a lot of states to pass um, a snow plow. A lot of plow drivers have been getting hit, and that's why they're saying that on a lot oh, of places. Man. Wow. And not okay. only that, you're pass you passing a plow guy that's clearing away for you, and you accidentally slide off onto him, or it's it's a state worker. You don't supposed to do that. They, they a lot of places if you get on, they say do not pass a plow, if possible, do not. Okay. Because anyway, if the weather is that bad to where the plows are out there running, you don't really need to be that uh, running fast anyway. For sure. That makes that makes perfect sense. Brandon, it has been so wonderful talking to you about your advice, about your stories, and about you being a Louisiana a Louisiana boy and driving all over the greater 48. Well, thank you, Brandon, once again. Um, and we would be a disgrace, though, if we didn't mention the show Ice Road Trekkers a bit in this episode. I didn't realize that that show ran for 11 years but gosh, there were some crazy moments. 11? Yeah, there were some crazy moments within those 11 years. Did you watch that show, Maria? I've seen it before. Did I watch an entire season? Nope. But I have seen episodes of the show. Okay. What about you, Marcus? Uh, it kind of makes me wonder if it only went for 11 seasons because they ran out of truckers that were either willing to do it or that were still around. I saw a truck sink into like the ice one time and I got yeah. like escaping it and basically climbing on the top of his truck. So I have seen uh, enough to make me know that's a place I'll never go. Talk about worst fears. It's crazy. Yeah. It's a worst fear. We talked about a couple episodes, how I was afraid to just fall off a bridge into water, but falling off of just just water into ice would be even more terrifying freezing cold water so freezing so many water. issues <laughs> mm. yeah. well it's been years since i've seen it but the whole concept just still fascinates me like they literally made 11 seasons of following trekkers driving in just shitty conditions like what what an idea for a show <laughs> i always remembered how the music was always so suspenseful. Like they would say, Hugh ate uh, some bad salmon. And the music would be like, ba ba ba. It just, their music was, their selection was just crazy. Um, 
And there's this one episode that uh, I think her name was Lisa. Uh, had to be a bumper truck, which if you know what, if you don't know what a bumper truck is, it's just basically a push, a push truck for another truck with a building on its back. And so it, this this load was like a hundred and some tons, and just under the legal limit. If you're wondering how many pounds a hundred and some tons are, it's like two hundred and nine thousand pounds. So just a little over the 80,000 that most loads tend to be. It's almost hard to believe that a truck can pull that. Yeah, a truck can pull that, but also a truck can pull that through some of the most dangerous conditions. Now that that's even crazier. But what's crazy is that they didn't use one truck, they didn't use two, but they used three trucks. So two, two bumper trucks, and then one of the trucks had the load on it because they have to go up these super steep grades in these mountains. And that episode just always has caught my just attention and has been on my mind ever since I've watched it. You use interesting vocabulary there. You say they have to. They don't have to. We could just talk some of these kind people into moving a fair bit south and they would never have to do this again. <laughs> That's the one thing I don't, it's like, it's, it's, you know, getting stuff up there is one thing, but it's like, Wait, you have to take a 209,000 pound side of a house up there? Can't you just build a stick home? Like why? Well, the thing is is so it's they travel to Prudhoe Bay, which is a big place for oil, and they need quarters for the people who work up there to live in. And so that's why they have to transport these things. But it crossed my mind like why didn't they just wait till the summer months to do this? But <laughs> that's because the isn't because the ice road thaws? They the ice road it has to be winter for them to drive across the portion that's actually frozen water, right? So that is parts of the show, but other okay. parts of the show they just travel on a, a road um, in Alaska. Um, the Dalton Highway is actually the the, the road. It's one of the most dangerous roads um, in in the world, not just America, and it's four hundred and fourteen miles long. And so they travel from just outside of Fairbanks to Prudhoe Bay. Um, and, they better make I way mean, more money than yeah, the yeah. average well, truck driver. I guess, how much do you think they make in a winter season? Oh, mm. I don't Just even a winter know. season? Just a winter season, yeah. I mean, I've got to say, it's got to clear six digits, right? 100K, make your, make your money for the year driving that road, and then take the rest of the day off and cool your heels. Vacation on a beach. <laughs> okay, that that's crazy because I thought it was going to be a six-figure number two, but like the average pay for an ITRO trucker, and this is like according to Indeed, is $40,000 for the winter season. No. Just $40,000. Absolutely which, not. Like, go go south. You could make that money elsewhere as an owner-operator. Don't do that as an ITRO trucker. It's <laughs> just crazy. I really thought when you said go, you were going to go tell these people to go do something else because that's such a low wage. Uh, I didn't think you were going to be as nice about it, but I I can't (laughs) believe it because I, you know, I I grew up in a place where there's a lot of wildfires. And as a 17 year old kid, I was offered $35,000 for three months to go out and fight wildland fire. And I I have to equate the two and that look, truck driving a much more skilled thing you have to know a lot more about what you're doing to be able to do it effectively but that begs the question why is the firefighter worth 35 g's and the tr- the ice road trucker is only worth 40 that doesn't make sense and i'm sure there's some like anomalies that make make those six figures during the winter seasons but that's the average for the winter season that's um, messed up and it's just it's messed up but another thing that's crazy about it is so that dalton highway that's uh, a lot of the show revolved around going back and forth from uh fairbanks alaska to prudhoe bay 
the amount of fuel stops between 414 miles, guess how many fuel stops there were? I mean, I'm going to say one price is right strategy. You said 414 miles? Uh huh. Two. Okay, there are three. So you guys are oh. low because I set it up and you guys are like, oh, it's going to be a low number. And yes, <laughs> it's a low number. But like three for 414 miles. But it's it's crazy too because 109 miles of that is paved and the rest of it isn't paved. And so you're on sand, dirt roads that are just not like great for trucks, obviously. They have to have specialty tires, right? Yes, they do have specialty tires. They have to chain up a ton. I mean, you have to chain up and you're chaining up in like negative 40 degree weather. So you got to have a good coat on too. And gloves. Yeah, yeah. Can we just address how Maria beat me at my own game real quick? I tried the Price is Right strategy of going with $1 and finding <laughs> closest to without going over, and she $2 me. She Price is Righted my Price is Right <laughs> guess. Yeah, Maria, I'm on my you game win today. Some, Maria, you win the salt sweats from your MRE earlier, <laughs> no so kidding. congratulations. I have so much going on over here. That MRE made me <laughs> drenched in sweat. I've never consumed that much salt. Probably, well, actually, since high school when I used to live off of ramen. If you Lovely. are a truck driver that has experience on the Dalton Highway or with ice road trucking in any way, shape, or form, please hit us up at sayhi.chat slash OTR and tell us more about it because just in this short amount of time talking about it, I'm absolutely fascinated again. I hadn't been this excited about it since the show was still running, but now I just want to know more. Yes, and if you have also been stranded and had to eat an MRE or something along those lines, please hit us up at that hotline as well. Um, and... If you would be so kind to subscribe and leave us a review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, we would love to see those. Um, and without further ado, uh, I'm going to go eat my Pop-Tart from my MRE. Maria, Marcus, it's been great. Thank you for listening to Unplugged OTR. Thanks for listening to Unplugged OTR. Remember to tell us your stories at sayhi.chat forward slash OTR. Again, that's sayhi.chat forward slash OTR. Or find us on the 10-4 Network social media channels. If you want to hear more about driving jobs at H&M, find them at hmtrucking.com or on Facebook. Tune in next time and keep the shiny side up, drivers.